Welcome to the Big Sky Astrology Podcast with your host, astrologer and author, April Elliott Kent. Hello, invisible friend, April here, and the date today is February 27th, 2023. Welcome to episode 167 of the Big Sky Astrology Podcast. This week, the first quarter moon in Gemini spurs us on to action. Venus and Jupiter meet in a glorious conjunction, and Mercury makes a conjunction with Saturn just before entering Pisces. Plus, the second of my three mini-lessons on Saturn preparing to enter Pisces on March 7th. This one is about Saturn in the houses of the birth chart. But first, I want to share a very happy bit of news with all the Big Sky Astrology podcast listeners. Thanks to all of you, the podcast just reached an exciting milestone. We've reached 200,000 downloads since the show began at the end of November 2019. So I need to give a big shout out to Jen Brown, who was with me for about the first 100,000 of those downloads a little bit more. And to thank you all for listening week after week. I appreciate it so much. The week begins with the moon report, and it begins with a first quarter moon at 8 degrees and 27 minutes of Gemini on February 27th, five minutes past midnight Pacific time. This is the opening action point for the Pisces new moon that was on February 19th or 20th, depending on where you live. The first quarter moon always tells us to get moving and to take action on whatever we conceived at the new moon. The Sabian symbol for the first quarter moon is nine Gemini, a quiver filled with arrows. This tells us that we have all the skills we need to at least make some start towards a new project. The sun is on the Sabian symbol nine Pisces, a jockey. So we're spurring ourselves on to greater heights and speed. This first quarter degree is approaching Mars by about 10 degrees. And I think that really accentuates the need for action and for speed. Just act on your intuition and whatever it is that you had in mind at the new moon. These will be of the nature of Gemini, projects that are involved with communicating with the world. This might be writing, it might be speaking, it might be just opening up avenues of conversation with new people in our lives. This first quarter moon is the first action point in the lunar gestation cycle that began at the new moon on May 30th, 2022. At that new moon, the sun and moon in Gemini were making a sextile to Mars and Jupiter in a conjunction in Aries. So this is the opening action point in that very energetic cycle that will continue to unfold over the next two and a half years or so. Let's look at the void of course moon periods for this week. All of the void of course moon periods are very short, so it's probably a week less suited to introspection and maybe a little better suited, again, to the first quarter moon's emphasis on taking action. On February 28th, the moon in Gemini 
makes a trine aspect to Saturn in Aquarius at 5.07 p.m. Pacific time. It's void, of course, for only an hour and a half before it enters Cancer at 6.40 p.m. This is the final aspect for the moon in Gemini after its first quarter phase. And this connection with Saturn, I think, is great for giving Gemini a little more staying power, decisiveness, and structure. It is a very short, void of course, moon period, but it might be a nice opportunity to have a good chat with somebody about all of the things that you have going on, preferably someone who's a little bit older and a little more experienced. On March 3rd, the moon in Cancer opposes Pluto at 6.22 a.m. Pacific time. It's void, of course, for just about one hour before it enters Leo at 7.16 a.m. This isn't the easiest aspect emotionally, so it's just as well that this void, of course, moon period is so short because we'll be less apt to sit around and stew in any hurt feelings. If you find that you're feeling criticized by someone about being too sensitive, for instance, which is often something that mooning cancer hears from people, remember, your feelings are your feelings. They are not negotiable. No one gets to weigh in on how you feel. Now, what you do with those feelings is another matter if it impacts other people. But don't let people put a lot of guilt on you or criticism about how you're feeling. On March 5th, the moon in Leo opposes Saturn at 7.18 p.m. Pacific time. It's only void, of course, for 20 minutes. You barely have time to have a snack during this void, of course, moon before it enters Virgo at 7.38 p.m. This is a very short, void of course, moon. No sooner does the moon in Leo sort of stub its toe on Saturn than we're brushing ourselves off. Usually it's from someone refusing to notice us or appreciate our talents. But then we're brushing ourselves off and entering the moon in Virgo territory. It's pretty easy to just move ahead and focus on practical things, practical matters rather than letting Saturn stop us in our tracks or get us down. On March 1st, at 9.36 p.m. Pacific Time, Venus makes a conjunction with Jupiter at 12 degrees and 8 minutes Aries. On the Sabian symbol, 13 Aries, an unsuccessful bomb explosion. What a volatile Sabian symbol. And indeed, any two planets getting together in Aries have a very combustible quality to them. But these are the two planets that are considered the most fortunate and benefic, Venus and Jupiter. Venus talking about the things that our hearts desire Jupiter, an influence that tends to bring more of what we really want and desire. So it's a very fortunate combination. But planets in Aries can also be a little bit impulsive. And I think that as we're anticipating this beautiful, fortunate, lucky aspect coming our way, 
And you will be reading a lot about it on social media and hearing people talk about it on their podcasts because it is an exciting combination. And I think we might find in the days leading up to this conjunction that there is a lot of passion and a lot of fire and excitement, but that we can also be a little frustrated and a little bit impatient because of the Aries factor. Then the conjunction becomes complete on the evening of March 1st, and we can relax and enjoy the very positive influences that it's almost certain to bring our way. In particular, this is a wonderful aspect for anything related to relationships. I know at least one person who's getting married the previous weekend, and this is a lot of the reason she chose the weekend, was to take advantage of this Venus-Jupiter conjunction. Any new projects that you've been wanting to launch and get out into the world, this is a really fortunate combination to have on your side. Take a look at the house of your chart that contains 12 degrees and 8 minutes of Aries. That describes the area of your life that is just going to get a nice little energetic boost from this conjunction. On March 2nd at 6.34 a.m. Pacific Time, Mercury makes a conjunction with Saturn at the very last degree of Aquarius, 29 degrees and 24 minutes. This is on a Sabian symbol that is very lovely, 30 degrees Aquarius, the fields of Ardeth in bloom. This is a wonderful aspect for finishing up something worthwhile that you've been working on since Mercury went into Aquarius back on February 11th. Saturn is a planet that likes to bring things to completion and make them a reality. While Mercury has been in Aquarius, it's been a great time to sort out our strategies, our thoughts about moving ahead and what we'd like to do, what we would like to express in the world. And as it comes together with Saturn, Saturn says, okay, well, let's do something with this. It is a beautiful Sabian symbol that suggests that what we have done while Mercury has been in Aquarius has been fruitful and pleasing. Then on March 2nd at 2.52 p.m., Mercury enters Pisces. As I think I said when Mercury was going into Aquarius a few weeks ago, it is a wonderful sign for Mercury in that emotion doesn't really get in our way. So if we're trying to do something that's very analytical and straightforward and we don't want emotions to play a big role in it, Mercury in Aquarius has been great. But now that Mercury goes into Pisces, the tone shifts quite a lot. Mercury rules our perceptions. And when it's in Pisces, we are sensitive to everything, what people say and what they don't say, what we see and what we just perceive around the edges of what we see. Mercury will be in this very sensitive and very porous sign through the evening of March 18th Pacific time. So early on the 19th, most everywhere else, it's a pretty short transit of Mercury in Pisces. During this time, it's probably more productive to pursue 
activities that are not terribly structured. It's probably not the very best time for things like organizing our taxes. It is also a time when we are especially sensitive to hurtful language and that we should bear in mind that others will be as well. We're just off this fiery and excited combination of Venus and Jupiter in Aries. So there's still a lot of excitement in the air. But then we see this shift on March 2nd to Mercury and Pisces. And that's the time to bear in mind, let's just rein it in a little bit and be a little gentler and a little more sensitive with those around us. In this week's mini lesson, the second of three lessons that I'm giving about Saturn moving into Pisces, which is going to happen on March 7th. Last week, I gave it just a general overview about Saturn moving into this sign. I believe that our greatest work over the next two and a half years that Saturn is in Pisces is to be gentler and kinder to ourselves and to others, to take responsibility for literally doing something to make the world a better place instead of just feeling badly about how everything has gone. And also to figure out how to set boundaries that keep you safe while also allowing you to be responsive to other people in your world. The house or houses of your birth chart, where this transit will take place, tells us what areas of life will offer the opportunity for you to do this kind of work. As Saturn enters a new house, we can often feel kind of crushed under the weight of responsibility in these areas. And we have to also be really careful about taking on burdens that don't really belong to us. And we need to be able to draw boundaries appropriately. So let's take a look at transiting Saturn in Pisces through the houses of the chart. Transiting Saturn in the first house of the chart emphasizes what I just said about being careful what responsibilities you take on. Don't take on burdens that don't belong to you. Resist having a pessimistic attitude because Saturn tends to make us want to dwell on what is wrong and to completely overlook what's right. Your appearance and your personality might become a little more subdued or serious or businesslike. And during Saturn in the first house, I think it's especially important to be very patient with yourself and also to avoid situations where you are particularly likely to become injured. So if you are often willing to kind of take some risks of driving a little too fast or hiking in a place that's very treacherous, something like that. During the next couple of years, it's going to be especially important to make sure that you have worked up 
to the more challenging things that you want to undertake. Transiting Saturn in the second house can be about finding a career that's meaningful, making solid, long-range plans to improve your financial circumstances. Saturn always brings our chickens home to roost. Whatever we've been doing in the previous 29 years since Saturn was last in this area of our chart, here is where we begin to see the consequences, so to speak. So if you've been handling your physical health, your finances, this kind of thing, very responsibly over the last 29 years, this can be a really great period when Saturn rewards you. If you've been, like most of us, skirting around the edges, doing some things right, and maybe there was some room for improvement in other areas, this can be a period where we discover that we don't quite have the kind of financial stability that we would really like to have. And the physically, we're maybe not quite as strong or fit as we would like to be. So this is a period of time when you're going to need to take responsibility for handling the physical world with a new level of responsibility. Transcending Saturn in the third house is a time to learn by doing. Think of it as a time of apprenticeship where you're wanting to really master the basic elements of anything that you do, mastering skills that you already possess and maybe learning new ones. This can also be a time you begin to teach others the very basic skills and techniques of, say, something you know very well, the field that you work in, for example. This is a time over the next couple of years, you really need to learn to choose your words very carefully. People will be paying attention to what you say, and many of them will be looking up to you. So this is a time to really focus on handling communications in a very kind, ethical, and responsible way. Transiting Saturn in the fourth house, home is something we tend to take for granted. (laughs) And when Saturn is in the fourth, we can't so much take it for granted. It might be that we have moved to a new place and we're having to go through the process of really making it feel like home. It's really a time to define what home means to you. This can also be a time when you find that your parents or other family members might need some extra help from you. But it also can be about making sure that you have appropriate boundaries with your family. This can be a time when you do work on a house or you purchase a house. It is very much related to real estate and where you live. And it's natural at this time to both feel like you don't really have a solid foundation, but then by the time Saturn is finished in the fourth, you will probably find yourself in a place where you will stay for a good long time. Transiting Saturn in the fifth house is the time when we need to create something that will last. The fifth house is usually associated with things that are strictly enjoyable. This is a house of children, of creative activities, of recreation. 
So when Saturn comes into this house, it says, take the thing that is near to your heart and create something from it that is tangible and that will last. If you have romantic relationships at this time, and these aren't really partnerships per se, this is more of a love affair. And as Saturn goes into the fifth house, we get to really figure out where this particular kind of relationship is going. Sometimes we find ourselves in romantic relationships that are kind of a mentorship with someone who either we are a little bit ahead on our path or they are, and we're helping each other out. There can also be blockages that have to be overcome in a romantic relationship. Becoming a parent, changing career, all of this can be really joyful, but it can also be hard work. And Saturn likes to test our commitment. So sometimes we'll experience these little obstacles or blockages on the road of doing the thing that we most want to do, just so that we can prove that we're really ready for it. Transiting Saturn in the sixth house. When Saturn's in this house, it is forcing us to buckle down and work our hardest to break down any barriers that have been holding us back. This is a transit in which we need to work hard and form really good habits. We can struggle with health issues or a lack of recognition or status at work during a transit like this. But if you show up consistently and put yourself in situations that could lead to success and commit to working hard, then this is a time of really planting seeds for what could become your greatest successes later on. Transiting Saturn in the seventh house, if relationships are faltering, Saturn will often end them. And if you've been wavering on whether or not to commit to somebody, Saturn will kind of give you a little push toward the altar. What Saturn wants to see in the seventh house is a commitment to a relationship. So we have to take responsibility and we need to make our relationships work or at least make our very best effort at that. And if it simply isn't going to work, then we need to let them go. The question while Saturn's in the seventh house is, do you want the relationship badly enough to overcome whatever obstacles come your way? Transiting Saturn in the eighth house is a time to shore up your self-sufficiency. During this transit, your usual sources of support might dry up. People who are usually there for you or extra little bits of income that have always come your way. But by the time Saturn leaves the eighth house, you will have really proven that you can take care of yourself, proven it to others, and more importantly, proven it to yourself. And then you're in a much stronger position once Saturn moves into the ninth house as it will next for you to have some adventures. Transiting Saturn in the ninth house, it is time to share what you know with others. Accept some important professional challenge that comes your way, stand up for your knowledge, and accept yourself as an authority in your field. This is a time that you really need to resist 
getting into battles with other people about what you believe. Instead, it's the time to stand up and just live your truth so that others can recognize you as an authority and a force to be reckoned with. Transiting Saturn in the 10th house usually finds us at a career crossroads. Saturn's really kind of coming home in a way when it comes to the 10th house, but the road forward really isn't clear. What is it that you really want and where are you going? Pisces doesn't often make that really clear. And for now, you don't have to have the answers. And your questions don't even have to be all that specific. You just have to find the wherewithal to get up each day and put one foot in front of the other. And in time, as Saturn makes its way further through this house, the way forward usually becomes much clearer. When transiting Saturn's in the 11th house, you begin to find your reward and your status and respect. And this is especially true if this transit's happening when you're a little bit older. Professional networks and groups that you belong with might become a little bit of a challenge or a little bit of a burden during this transit. You're expected to give service, to give back more to your community. And you just have to be a little bit careful about taking on too much. But Saturn will reward you in the future for doing your best now. And finally, transiting Saturn in the 12th house. This transit emphasizes that we are mortal and we have limits. Very often this is a time when if we've been overextending ourselves, especially with Saturn in the 10th and 11th, when we're out in the community and engaged in a lot of activities, then being overextended can catch up with us. So say no to more things. Take care of yourself and establish strong boundaries. So next week, I'll be taking a look at transiting Saturn in aspect with the planets of the chart. I'll be returning to listener questions in the month of April. So if you have a question you'd like me to answer on a future episode, please leave a message of one minute or less at speakpipe.com slash podcast, or email me at april at bigskyastrology.com and be sure to put podcast question in the subject line. Well, that is everything I have on my show sheet, so I'm going to wrap this one up. Thank you for listening to the Big Sky Astrology Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please be sure to subscribe or follow the show in your app of choice. Leave a rating or a review, and I hope you'll help me spread the word by telling an astrology-loving friend about the podcast. You can read show notes and full transcripts and leave your comments about each episode at BigSkyAstropod.com. Thanks very much to everyone who's shown support for the podcast over the past year. On each episode, I'm thanking some donors by name. This week, I'm giving a Big Sky Astrology podcast shout out to Leanne Cook 
and Charmaine Khan. Leanne and Charmaine, thank you so much for listening to the show and for supporting me with your donations. If you would like to support the show, please go to BigSkyAstropod.com. And if you donate $7 or more, I'll send you a link to access my bonus episode for donors only that was released just after the Capricorn solstice. And you'll also get the upcoming bonus episodes for the Aries Equinox and the Cancer Solstice. That is it for this episode. Join me again bright and early next Monday. And until then, keep your feet on the ground and your eyes on the stars. Thank you for listening. To learn more about April Elliott Kent, visit her website, BigSkyAstrology.com, where you can sign up for her newsletter, read her thoughtful essays, find out more about her books and classes, or book a personal astrology reading. That's all for today. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to follow or subscribe to stay current with new episodes, and please leave a rating or review. You can follow Big Sky Astrology on Facebook or Twitter and Big Sky Astrology April on Instagram. Thanks again for being here, and we hope you'll join us next time.